Hello, my dudes. Welcome back to Previously Gifted. Welcome to the first podcast episode of 20... almost said 2017. 2019, if you can tell. That reflects how my headspace is. Um, yeah, sorry for already failing my New Year's goal of being consistent on the podcast, but here we are. We're here. That's all that matters, all right? All that matters is the present. Um... <laughs> I'm still laughing because every time I'm hyping myself up to record this, I uh, try to do a little dance to the intro thing, and it's never, it's always more hardcore than you end up seeing on the actual version. But I did probably the first dab, as in the dance move, uh, in my whole life, and even I'm embarrassed and I'm alone in this room. It wasn't on camera, thank God, because I don't think I could handle watching that. Anyway, welcome back to Previously Gifted! How was your Christmas, dude? We haven't talked in so long. Um, the last thing that I updated you guys on was the cruise. Um, so thank you guys for listening. I hope that you all had a great holiday season. Um, it's exhausting. <laughs> I hope that that's unanimous for everyone. Um... Yeah, it's a lot. There's been so much shit going on. Lots of good news. Lots of great news. Um, in case you didn't watch my video on my main channel, huge updates, 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 updater tots with college and Nathan's visa. So long story short, Nathan got his visa. So we are absolutely fucking chilling. And that was the biggest relief ever. And then I am going to school. Now, let me warn you, since posting that happy update video, some bullshit has surfaced and I will have to deal with that. <laughs> it's basically just like issues with my residency because I have to submit proof of residency, but I'm still in England and all of my documents and proof are in a box in storage in New York. And we don't get back to New York until just a few days before my semester starts. It's fine. I don't want to burden you with this knowledge, but I'm just saying, did I have a breakdown for the past two days trying to get rid of my immunization hold, register for classes, and then figure out this information? Yeah. Am I fine now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, welcome back. How are you doing? Um, yeah, I have to update you, you guys, this episode on my return to France, bitch. I went back to France, finally, and I was so, like, kind of nervous. I was like, how's it gonna, how's it gonna feel, you know, going back to France, my country? Um, and I was really surprised that I hadn't gone back already. There was a moment during this, this whole time that we've been in England where I wanted to go back to Aix-en-Provence. Sorry, I'm getting too nervous. <laughs> I wanted to go back to Aix-en-Provence, and I was looking at it, trying to see how much it would cost and then decided against it. But I still want to go back so badly. But anyway, I went to Paris and that's what today's episode is going to be about. I'm going to tell you a couple little stories and tings uh, because I spent my first few days of the new year in Paris, in France, with my friends from home. So it was a wonderful time. I'll tell you. Just freaking sit back, relax, and listen up. But before we get started, as always, we have to give a shout out to our patrons. Thank you guys so much for deciding to support the podcast with a monthly donation. It is so kind. And this year, yes, this bitch is gonna actually work on doing bonus episodes. I think right after this one, I'm gonna record the first bonus episode monthly um, of Previously Gifted's Patreon this year. But um, I think I'll release that in a little bit. We'll talk about it. Anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash previously gifted if you're interested in figuring out if you want to join or whatever. I don't know. But we do have two new patrons who have joined since the last time we spoke. And their names, their beautiful names are Sarah Casey. Hi, Sarah Casey. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. And Nicole Krug or Krug or K-Rug. Probably not. Cruge. Ooh, it could be Cruge, bitch. Nicole Cruge. No, it's probably Krug. Thank you, Sarah and Nicole, for becoming patrons. I hope you enjoy it. I hope I don't let you down. Mm, sorry, my, my crushing disappointment is um getting in the way of the podcast. And then we have the sponsors, our wonderful, lovely, low-key favorites of the pod. We have Hannah Baker, Kirsty McCulloch, Lauren Thomas, Eric Courtright, Liz Walsh, and love you. Thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate the support. You guys are wonderful. So yes, today's episode is going to be about France. 
It's honestly, it's been a minute since I've said, have I mentioned I studied abroad in France? For for those of you who are new or maybe just haven't heard me say that in a while, um, it is true. I did indeed study abroad in France in the spring semester of 2017. Was it the peak of my life? In some ways, yes. But in many ways, no. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, so the the weird thing is, Let's throw it back to 2017. I spent New Year's Eve, um, aka December 31st, 2016, on a plane across the Atlantic heading to France. And I literally landed in first Portugal, and then I transferred, landed in France, in Marseille, um, on January 1st, 2017. I was like, oh my god, I love this. I'm literally starting the year in France, like as if that has any like importance. It's like, wow, you literally started the year there. Great. (laughs) But to me, I was like, there's not even one day of 2017 yet that I haven't been in France. It's the first day, bitch. So somehow I ended up visiting France exactly two years to the day since my very first time that I arrived in France. January 1st, 2019, your girl makes a return. It's so weird to me. Because France is very significant to me, like, in my memory and my nostalgia. Um, But it's just, it's just, it's crazy to think that I was away for so long. But also, it's like, yeah, you're obviously not going to go back all the time. Like, (laughs) any of you who have studied abroad or traveled, whatever, you can relate. I mean, studying abroad, especially one semester, is a temporary thing. That is the essence of it. So... It's just funny because it has such a weight, but really it's like, this is just a place that I happen to spend like five months of my life. Um, But anyway, yes, after all that time, after, what, a year and a half of being away from France and honestly barely speaking any French, I was back. (laughs) So basically the way that this all got organized was my hometown BFFs, my friends that I've been friends with since like middle school. We were like 12. Um, They decided, or some of them, were going on a little Euro trip, bitch. I love that. I'm like, wow, can anyone come visit me in New York? No, but hey, we can meet up in Europe. That's cool. (laughs) Uh, So here, I'll give a shout out because one friend specifically really wanted a shout out, and that is Aria. Shouts out, Aria. I told you I would say hi. He wanted to be on the podcast. I didn't bring my podcast equipment to Paris trying to travel light, you know, easy jet restrictions. Um, but yeah, shouts out to Aria. Well, now I'll just list out all my friends just so in case they're listening, which they probably aren't. Cassie and her boyfriend, Joe, shouts out. Luke and Logan, pedestrian band members. They have a band. Um, Aria, my lovely pal, Mandy, and that is all of them. So there were seven of us. Yes. I would feel so bad if I left somebody out. I did joke about leaving Aria out, but I, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they decided to go on a trip to, um, they left like the day after Christmas, but it was like this a couple of weeks because they just got back to the US like a day or two ago. Um, they went to Amsterdam and then Paris and then Barcelona. And me being my well-traveled self, I was like, oh no, I've already been to those places. But um, I had been to Amsterdam twice already, and I didn't really care to go back again so soon. So I was like, eh, I'll skip out on Amsterdam. Plus they were there from like the day after Christmas to like New Year's Eve. And I was like, meh, not for me. Uh, But I was like, I am down for some Paris though. Um, So yeah, I went to Paris January 1st. I was only there for a few days. I left on the 4th. But um, it was just so nice. It was such a weird feeling. Let's dive in. Um, I landed at Charles de Gaulle Airport. It took me goddamn forever to get out of the airport. Um, That airport is goddamn huge, dude. Okay, in a big international airport, you know it might take some time to walk, like, from your gate to the customs or border patrol, whatever. Uh, It took forever. I truly walked actually forever. Then I finally got through there, which I always get nervous for. Love that. I'm like, what if I forget everything about myself? What if I forget, like, where we're staying? What if I forget what city I'm even in? Because I do travel a good amount to where sometimes I'm like, where even am I, you know? Am I in England? Am I in Europe? Who knows? Um, Humble brag. (laughs) More like lacking stability in my life. By the way, I'm sick, or I guess I'm getting over being sick, but I sound so nasally right now, and that's another reason 
why I wasn't able to make the podcast earlier. Um, when I got back from Paris, I was totally fine the whole time there. And then literally that night <laughs> and the next day I was ruined. And then I was sick for probably almost a week. And now I still sound horribly congested. So I apologize. It's not really the best um, podcasting voice, this like super head coldy congested bullshit. But we're going through it. It's fine. At least I'm not sniffly because I was sniffly as hell and I was considering making a... Um, I did make a video because I, I could edit the sniffles out, but I was like, I can't make a podcast where the whole thing would be like... <sighs> Sorry, I don't think you guys would really enjoy that. Anyway, <laughs> so I got to Paris a couple hours earlier than my friends, so it was my job to check into our Airbnb, and um, I decided to take the train, which took me from Charles de Gaulle to Gare du Nord. <laughs> my okay, my pronunciation in this video is going to be trash because I don't want to commit to it 100% because I'm self-conscious. Um, Gare du Nord. I usually would pronounce it like that, but I think it's Gare du Nord. Anyway, whatever. I went to the main metro thing. It took me forever to buy my metro tickets. I kind of love traveling alone because I get to figure things out on my own. And like if, for example, it takes me forever to figure out how to buy a metro ticket, nobody's there to like bug me or notice or anything. So it's like the pressure's off. I could spend two fucking hours standing there at that kiosk trying to figure out which tickets I should buy. But I had to move out of the way because there were people behind me in line who did know how to buy their tickets and I didn't want to bother them. Um, the weirdest thing, though, was like as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, oh, shit, do I speak French now? Like, do I have to say like, pardon? Like, oh, shit. Like, do I have to say like, bonjour? <laughs> or like, I don't know. Uh, I was like, I was trying to figure out and like switch back into French mode. But obviously it had been so long since I've spoken French that I was like, ah, I forgot everything. Excusez-moi. Um, so yes, I got my metro tickets, I took my damn time, and then we actually had an Airbnb, which was right outside of Paris in, like, a little suburban area, but still, um, on the metro line, so it really wasn't that bad. Uh, but yeah, I get there, and I walk out of the metro station, and I'm on the street, and I see a Franc Prix. Bitch, I wanted to cry. I'm almost crying just thinking about it right now. We had a Franc Prix right by my campus, like right by our French learning center um, during my semester. And we would go to Franc Prix all the time, like right after class. We'd go grab a snack, grab a baguette, eat it on the way home. There was fresh orange juice. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any of you would be like nostalgic for your local CVS or something, your local Ralph's, your local gas station. But um, yeah, Franc Prix is just like a little market. The one near the school was little. So... I just felt so fucking nostalgic. I still have a Franpri bag that I should probably get rid of because it's probably gross. But um, yeah, there's so much nostalgia. I'm just like, damn, I love that little market, that little supermarché, dude. So I walk into Franpri and I'm like, you know what? I'll just pick up a couple things for my friends with euros. Ooh, I get to spend euros instead of pounds. I still haven't warmed up to like English currency. Like I haven't carried any cash the whole time I've been here. Um, I'm just like, mm, Nathan, you can pay for it if it's cash. I have my card. Sorry. Um, but I do miss using euros. They're like my favorite bills. They're so beautiful. I love the coins. Whatever. I go into Franc Prix and I'm just like taking my fucking time looking at every single item and um, I saw the little orange juice, like fresh orange juice maker and I was like, damn, I remember that. <laughs> Obviously, this is not the exact Franc Prix because I was in Paris, not Aix-en-Provence or outside Paris, whatever. Um, but I was just going around, checking it out, just trying to see if I wanted to buy some little vegan... Um, things for dinner. And I was like, wow, like I have to read French. Cool. I have to translate this. Like, what if I get some like soja, <laughs> which is the word for soy in French? Um, yeah, just all the little things were making me like so excited and so nostalgic. So I walk around the store and then I settle on probably like the most trash combination of, um, foods that you could buy, like <laughs> with the intention to like have dinner. Let me pull up the picture. Cause it's so funny. To me, it's probably not funny at all. BRB, hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bought some vegan, like, chicken nuggets. And then, 
a can of peas. Usually, my go-to meal in Aix-en-Provence was um, chickpeas and lentils. And I fucking straight up would eat in just a bowl. I'd do like half a can of chickpeas, half a can of lentils, microwave it in our communal kitchens, go back to my room, throw some salt on it. And then I had like Tabasco or something, some kind of hot sauce. And that's what I would eat like almost every day. Um, but then I thought about it and I was like, I don't want to eat just straight chickpeas. Like I'm kind of scarred. Like I ate too many during that semester. I don't want to do that. So I just got regular peas. And then I bought, (laughs) I bought a fucking bag of Doritos, the sweet chili Doritos that are vegan. And I ate way too many of them during my semester. And then there are these accidentally vegan cookies that are like the perfect substitute for like Chips Ahoy. Just like a standard regular chocolate chip cookie for dunking in milk. Um, But yeah, they're from the brand Granola. And I found them and I was like, oh shit, these are some dank ass cookies. I'm gonna have to buy some. I couldn't find any soy milk for some reason, but I bought the cookies and I was like, you know what, I'll eat them anyway. So then I get home with this kind of trash combination of foods. Um, Checked into the Airbnb. (laughs) I didn't know. I had to check in with the neighbor um, because the owners of the house were um, on holiday. So I was talking to the neighbor and I didn't know whether I should try to speak French or if I should just speak English because they were speaking French or they were speaking English with me. I was like, I'll just stick to English. But um, it was like this funny mess of franglais. Uh, just both of us kind of struggling to communicate with each other as she showed me around the little place. Um, the Airbnb we got, yes, is like a family flat loft place. It was really cool. Um, (laughs) but I didn't realize when I first booked it that like two of the beds are literally children's beds in like this kid's room. Um, so there was like the parents bed, which is like a queen. And then there was like a sofa bed, the sofa, two literal kid beds. <laughs> and I was just like, somehow I will make this work between seven adult people. Uh, I was like, you know what? It's chill. We all get to stay in the same place together. There's enough blankets for everybody. We'll be fine. You know, it's like that classic thing, like sleeping on the floor with your hometown buds. Relatable. Am I right? So I'm sitting at the <laughs> the fucking Airbnb by myself for a couple hours before my friends get home. Um, and it was like very weirdly open, like everything was like glass, like floor to ceiling windows. And so I'm walking around and just looking at things, but I feel like literally everyone can see me because it was in like this courtyard. So looking out, I could see into other people's places and I knew they could see me and there were no curtains or anything. And I was like, God damn, am I just like first of all, super isolated as a person, because I love to, like, close the windows, close doors, like, I just love to lock myself into a dark room, you know? Um, but no, but I at least like to close curtains, because I don't like the thought of somebody seeing me, even if I'm just sitting there eating cookies, chips, Doritos, whatever. Um, So yeah, I was like, maybe the French are just super open people, you know? They're just like, I'm an open book, we're French, bitch. Like, you can watch us our whole day long. Like, we do not mind. Um, And there were literally windows. This place was very modern. It was very cool. But there were windows, like, on the wall between the parents' bedroom and the living room. So you could see, like, right through if you wanted to. Again, a modern design choice. But for me, I'm like, "Mm, not necessary. Kind of weird. Um, so I'm, like, exploring and sitting there awkwardly for a couple hours before my friends get there, and then they arrived, and I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, my friends! Some of them I hadn't seen for, like, a full year since the last New Year's Eve when we were all together in Los Angeles, and then I I feel fucking weird calling it Los Angeles. (laughs) I don't know why I just did that. LA, California, ever heard of it? Yeah, the last time I had seen half of them was at New Year's the year before, and then I had seen Mandy and Cassie um, when I visited LA in the summer before I started camp this year again. So yeah, either way, I'm like, my buddies, it's time to fucking chill. I was so excited. Um, I have to take a break because I can hear my nose like, and I probably need to blow my nose or something. Here's a break. See you in a second. (laughs) Bye. And we're 
we're back. So yes, my friends showed up. We had a good time. I think that first night we just walked around the area looking for food and stuff, maybe a place to pick up drinks. We ended up at this pizza place and thus began my struggle kind of, but also my happy position of being the designated French speaker. So out of all my friends, only Aria and I studied French in high school. And then obviously I've continued to study it in college a little bit. But um, yeah, the rest of my friends are, are, yeah, at least have basic knowledge in Spanish. So they were like, dude, I don't know any French. You're gonna have to translate for me. And I was like, um, gladly. <laughs> yeah, sorry, holy shit. <laughs> I just tried to, like, throw some French out there, but then I just stuttered, and I don't know what I was going to say. So we get to this pizza place, and I'm, like, learning how to translate for them, and I'm, like, teaching them how to pronounce little things, or, like, how to ask for things. I'm, like, make sure you say, merci. <laughs> My friends were, like, how do you say it? Like, mercy? Mercy? Do you have to, like, roll the R at all? Um, how do you th say thank you? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, we went and got pizza. They pretty much just ordered in English, which is fine because as long as, as long as the local shop owners see you at least like trying, um, I think that they'd rather you just speak English than sit there and try to like butcher French. You just kind of like point at the menu and then you say, see we'll play and that's it. So then we returned to, to the Airbnb. We were chatting a little bit, catching up a little bit. Um, they had had a pretty gnarly time in, like, their flight over, coming all the way from California. It took them a long time to get to Amsterdam. And then, ow, why is my throat dry? It's choking me. And then while they were in Amsterdam, a couple of them got sick because flu season and also germs and also being in airplanes for a long time. So yeah, they had like just gotten over that and they were feeling a little bit better. So yeah, we didn't really have any big things on our to-do list. I think um, at least a few of them had already been to Paris before, but still... Um, I had only been to Paris once before, and I didn't do, like, the Louvre, I didn't do Versailles, I, I didn't do, like, any sightseeing. The first time I went to Paris, I honestly just, like, walked a fuck ton, you know? Like, every day I was walking, like, 10 miles up and down the Seine, um, just kind of checking things out, eating some vegan food, and that was it. That was the only thing on my list, actually, was to go to the vegan pizza place called Hank's Pizza. And so the first day we're like, should we go to the Louvre? Like, what do you guys want to do? And they're trying to be kind of careful with their money, obviously, because they have a lot more traveling to do after Paris. And they're like, I don't know if I'm down for the Louvre, like, blah, blah, let's just chill. Let's see the Eiffel Tower. That's free. So <laughs> the first thing on my list was to get pizza. And I was like, all right, let's go into the city. I'll lead the way. I'll show you guys how to buy your metro tickets because I'm a pro now. And uh, then I'm going to head toward Hank's Pizza. And then you guys can get whatever you want. You don't have to eat vegan pizza with me, but it's fucking dank. Um, the good thing is um, a lot of my friends are very open to eating vegetarian food. And a lot of them prefer to eat vegetarian, at least. So it's a little easier to convince them to try some vegan stuff. Um, Luke goes to Berkeley, so he is a very, um, <laughs> liberal dude. <laughs> That's such a dorky, cringy thing to say. Luke, if you're listening, sorry for the cringy thing. But, I mean, honestly, Berkeley is a very progressive and, and, uh, vegan and vegetarian friendly place. I think that's just an obvious thing to say. Um, so I was happy about that. And then, yeah, a couple of my other friends eat veggie sometimes. So before we went to Hank's, we just stopped at like a cafe to, you know, have a drink. And, um, we went to this like super French ass place because obviously when you're visiting any city, there's like touristy spots where they expect tourists to go to. They, they speak English, they, like, advertise that, and then there's, like, the actual Parisian places, and we just, like, stumbled into this one, and, um, again, the responsibility was on me to, like, speak to the owner or the, uh, waiter, server man, and I was just like, um, I'm not saying any of this in French, because, again, I'm self-conscious, but I'm honestly impressed with my skills. Uh, I came in, and I was like, oh, do you have coffee? And he's like, yes, of course we have coffee. Do you want coffee with cream or whatever? And I was like, oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> I was like, I think we're just going to order drinks, not food. So we sat down. This place was like like one of those funky places that's like covered wall to wall in like random shit, like stickers and pictures. People had put their pictures up, which looked 
like mug shots, but they were like, I assume just little passport pictures based on the size of them and stuff. So I guess people have some extra passport pics laying around and they put them up on the wall. And then of course, naturally they get vandalized. And I was like, dude, if I had an extra passport pic right now, I'd hang up my pic and I would happily have people draw like demon horns and mustaches on me. Cause why not? I want to be in this cafe forever. Um, so we ordered some little coffees and uh, a couple of beers, and we were just sitting there chilling, enjoying the the Parisian vibes. <laughs> and um, after that, we headed to Hank's. Oh my god, I want to cry. Dude, if you, even if you're not that interested in vegan food, but if you are, 100%. If you end up in Paris, you cannot not go to Hank's Pizza. They also have Hank's Burgers, which are really good, but I love the pizza even more. This pizza is like, okay, because I've had, I love vegan pizza. Sometimes the cheese is sad. Sometimes it's, eh, I'm just like, oh, I'm excited to be eating pizza. <laughs> Hank's Pizza is fucking delicious, dude. And they are so creative with like the kind of toppings that they do and like the different types that they specialize in. So it's like a by the slice kind of place, which I fuck with also. So you can go in and be like, oh, I would like a slice of this and a slice of that. So I went in and I bought two slices immediately. I was like, this is kind of a lot of pizza, but I love Hank's. So I walk in and, um, we're all like deciding and everybody decided to eat there. I was like, yes, bitch, I'm convincing you. They're like, actually, these look really good. So I go through the process of ordering and then um, everybody paid for theirs. I tried, most most of us tried this slice that was like, God, it was so good. I didn't even take pictures. That's how excited I was. I was like, I have to eat this immediately. Um, so yeah, it was like a potato kind of pizza, which usually doesn't sound good, but like this was fucking good. Uh, and this like delicious, creamy, nutty kind of cheese. And then the other one was like a pesto-y kind of slice. <sighs> Man, I am so fucking sad that I don't have that right now. Like, I would literally go back to Paris just to get that pizza again. <laughs> Shouts out Hanks, dude. Sponsor me, please. Or just let me have one free piece of pizza every time I visit Paris. It's only five euros. Come on. Um, God, I can't get over it. This whole episode could me just be me just sitting here like, fuck, that pizza was so good. Um, shout out to Jane and Megan and all the girlies that I met last year. So the first time I visited Paris, I met up with a couple of, um, viewers, I guess. They, they, they are my pals. I, I love them so much. But um, they were all au pairs in Paris. And a lot of them are vegan or eat vegan a lot of the time. So they were like, dude, you have to check out Hank's. And I was like, vegan pizza, I'm down. But it was life changing. So anyway, I took my friends there. I was so satisfied to see them enjoy the pizza. They were like, this is really fucking good. And I was like, yes, bitch. I love a place that makes vegan food accessible and you know, like being able to buy a slice of pizza. That's something that people love to do, you know, but also to make it dank. Like, I'm such a Californian for saying dank. There were days where I used to make fun of people for saying dank. And here I am unironically saying it as a 23 year old woman. Sorry, I just cracked my ankle. <laughs> I'm fine. Sorry. <clears throat> I need to just slow down. You know, sometimes I forget how to do the podcast. You'd think I'd know how to do it by now. I also need to be more loving of myself. You know, I love myself. I enjoy this podcast and you guys are listening. That's so nice of you. Hey, you listening right now or watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment. <laughs> I love attention. Um, but I just want to say whoever you are listening to me talk about visiting Paris with my friends. Thank you. I hope that you enjoy it somehow, some reason. So Jesus Christ. <sighs> Literally, the first morning of being in Paris after getting Hank's Pizza, my my list was done. My to-do list was over. I was like, well, I've done what I came here to do. See ya. Um, but then we made our way over to the Tour Eiffel. And ugh, I just do not like touristy things. Like, I do not like crowds. I don't like waiting in line. And of course, with like, you know, terrorism and shit, not to get dark, but like, I'm always a little sketched out visiting really busy places, uh, just because there is always an added threat, I think. I mean, you never know what the fuck's gonna happen, and you can't let fear, uh, drive your life, but I'm just like, <sighs> the thing- okay, this is what I think about. Any situation I'm in, 
where, you know, I'm crowded by a lot of people, I think, what's my exit strategy? If some shit were to go down, do I trust the people around me to move in a fucking orderly fashion? And the answer is no. Dude, that's the thing that freaks me out the most is like, all right, if shit went down right now, we have to run, we have to get away, we have no plan. Um, but all these goddamn people would be annoying and get in the way and move slowly. Like, <laughs> Have you seen somebody try to organize a crowd or, like, get people to stand in a single file line even? People can't even do that. So I'm like, I don't trust these people to get out of the way. And if a situation were occurring, I would just fucking, I'd push people. I don't even care. (laughs) Every man and woman for themselves. Every, every person, regardless of gender expression, for themselves, you know? Yeah, so that's what freaks me out about being in a a touristy place. Also, just don't like crowds. And I don't like people being annoying and fucking stopping in the middle of the walkway to take a picture. You know. So, we went to the Eiffel Tower. And at first, my friends wanted to pay to go up and do it, which I hadn't done last time. Um, I feel like I'm just, like, inherently opposed to paying money for, like, tourist experiences. Except for very specific situations. But, like, I'm like, I don't know if I need to pay money to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. I'm sure the views are amazing. I'm sure it's something that's worth doing. But for me, I'm like, I'll hang on to my 10 euros or something. Like, I just don't need to do that. I'll take a picture of the Eiffel Tower. And cool. I may even take a picture of myself in front of the Eiffel Tower. Even though nobody cares to see that. I'll do it. Uh, But yeah, we did that. It was also fucking cold, by the way. Again, I'm about to go back to New York, which is, like, going to be in full-blown blizzard mode, which I'm terrified for, but, um, I feel like English winters, like, at least this one so far, has been pretty mild. Like, yeah, it's chilly, but it's not unbearable, but Paris was pretty cold. I would say a little bit colder than England, and, um, yeah, just being outside was shitty. (laughs) You know, we'd be walking around and then get somewhere, and I'd be like, okay, it's cold. You want to go to another cafe? I would like another beer or coffee, please. Um, so yeah, we, we hung out at the Eiffel Tower for a bit, and then we headed off, and we went to the Arc de Triomphe, and, uh, I think that's the first time that I've really, like, walked around the Arc and, like, tried to appreciate it up close. It's a beautiful thing. I love a good Arc in a city, you know? I'm like, wow, I love this history. Who built this? It's fucking magnificent. Um, (laughs) uh, I always reflect a lot on how I travel, And, um, you know, everybody has their own method of seeing a city. And, um, you know, I, I, I read this thing once that was like, (laughs) it was like, I don't know, it was this guy explaining how he saw a city. And basically it's like, there are kind of two types of people. There's like the people who just are willing to see anything and like, they'll see the sights and then they'll feel like they've done the city. And then there's the other type of person who has, like, an expectation in their mind, like, they want the Paris experience. So when they go to Paris, they just want to do whatever they can to, like, feel like that satisfies what their image is in in their mind, if that makes sense. And I don't know what type of person I am. Um, I feel like I'm somewhere between that because just seeing all the touristy things, checking things off the list of what to do in a city doesn't make me feel like I've experienced that city necessarily. I feel like I do have to experience just kind of those, like, little moments that are like, wow, I feel like I'm in Paris. Like, you know, sitting on the Seine and, like, drinking some wine and eating a snack. Like, that's a pretty fucking Parisian thing to do. And it really makes you feel like, wow, I'm in Paris. (laughs) But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I always think about that when I'm traveling because I'm like, what, what is my expectation of this trip And, like, what are the outside expectations that are, like, seeping into my brain that make me think I have to go see this thing or do this to have a complete Parisian experience? I don't know. Does that make sense? Don't know. But, uh, yeah, I also, I just, I don't like tourist traps. I don't like overpaying for things. So I'm always very skeptical. I'm like, hmm pay money to go hang out in a crowded place and take pictures and everyone's all crowded trying to take pictures of the same thing. No, thank you. Like the fact that, again, I still haven't even been to the Louvre, but like obviously people crowd around the Mona Lisa and they're like, oh my God, it's so much smaller than I would have thought. Um, and everyone's like trying to take their one picture of the fucking picture, you know? Uh, and there's so much more to see in the Louvre. Again, I haven't been, but I've heard. Obviously it's a world fucking class museum. Of course there are wonderful, amazing things to be seen rather than just the you know, one particular piece that it's very well known to have. Um, (laughs) 
But yeah, I'm just like, mm, I don't fuck with that. You know what, though? I do really want to visit Versailles. And like every time I go to Paris, I'm like, oh, fuck, I should like take the time to explore or, you know, set this aside in my days. But I've only been to Paris for like like three day periods at a time and Versailles is huge and like you could spend three full days and not even see all of Versailles. Um, plus it's like a little bit outside of the city obviously so like you have to plan ahead and I have just failed to do that so far but it still is on my list of things to do um, and I feel like that would really help me appreciate uh, more of the history of Paris. Obviously it's a fucking beautiful um, palace and the grounds and the gardens are all amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm like, fuck. next time I go, next time I go, I will get Hank's pizza and then I will go to Versailles. Okay. And I'll go to the Louvre eventually, but I don't know. I, I like art museums. I think I prefer history museums and like anthropological, archaeological museums. Um, I just, I get a little intimidated by art museums. Cause I'm like, I will say like, I don't, I don't run through it and be like, sot, 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 like it, love it, love it, hate it. Um, I try to like actually take my time and like look at each piece and be like, yeah, what do I think about this? <laughs> but I always feel like intimidated because I have not really been taught anything about art or art history or different, you know, um, just different types of art. So it's like, I feel like you can obviously appreciate it much more if you have a little bit of knowledge behind that. Like, oh, this is a, an impressionist painting. This was really groundbreaking for the time, you know? Um, so maybe if I do a little bit of art history lessons, then I can go to the Louvre and I can finally appreciate it. But also it's like, it's just beautiful. Even like not even just the art, like the actual museum itself is beautiful. So I feel like it doesn't take a fucking art major to appreciate it. But anyway, again, I just want to do it justice when I actually go visit. <laughs> That's all. I'm also, okay, I have to talk about something. Aria said this to me in the airport when we were all waiting for our separate flights because I was coming back to England and they were going to Barcelona. Um, Aria, I, I had laughed at something and he's like, I, I want to record like the sounds that you make. And I was like, what? And he's like, you did this like fake laugh thing. And I just wish you could hear it. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't fake laugh at anything. But then I realized in that moment that Nathan has told me the same thing. He's like, there's this laugh that you do that sounds like a fake, like sarcastic laugh. And I'm like, what? I probably sound like a fucking dick to everybody. I think I do notice it a teeny bit in the podcast because there are moments where I laugh and because I'm talking to myself alone, it kind of seems fake, I guess. But I'm just like, that's just me. Oh no, I sound like a sarcastic fake dick all the time. Like, I'm, I'm resisting the urge to laugh at this. <laughs> I think it's that laugh where I'm just like, <laughs> and it does sound fake, but I just want to address it. And I want to say, Aria, I'm sorry that I do this fake laugh, but it's real. <sighs> sorry. <laughs> ah, there I go again, fake laughing. Okay, to be fair, that laugh is intentional. That's a laugh that's kind of doing a character in my head that's like this. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like that. That's a character. I'm an actor. Okay. Wow, getting overwhelmed. Okay, let's go back to my notes to get back on track. So, yes, bitch. Okay, I, again, I can't emphasize how nice it was to be able to speak a little bit of French, though my brain was struggling. I forgot so many words. Um, but it was so nice to be able to have the confidence to walk in with my friends who don't know any French and are relying on me to be able to walk into some kind of a little cafe that they, they don't speak English and I don't expect them to speak like wonderful English anyway. Um, but it was nice to be able to like order drinks and order food and ask like little questions and not <laughs> worry. And honestly, after the number of years that I've spent studying French and <laughs> the fact that I spent a semester abroad, you would hope that I would maintain some fucking level of <laughs> French, you know? Uh, but yeah, there was this night where... Luke, Logan, Mandy, and I went and tried to find, like, a bar near us. But again, we're in the suburbs, so, like, not a lot was open, even at, like, 10 or 11 p.m. We're like, I just want to go somewhere, grab a drink, and hang out. Um, so we found this one place that was, like, this very empty, like, diner-style place. And there was the 
the owner guy like at the bar and then there were only two other people in there that he was like chatting with at the bar so we walk in and it said that it was going to be open till like midnight so we're like oh we'll just chill here sure they've got drinks (laughs) so we sit down at this table and I help my friends order their drinks like I'm trying to help Mandy pronounce red wine which okay the word for wine has been hard for me to pronounce because sorry let me wake up my computer I just want to make sure it's still recording Because that'd be fucked up if it wasn't. If it weren't. Sometimes I hear my grammatical mistakes in videos or podcasts and I'm like, God damn it, you stupid idiot. (laughs) But it's fine. We don't always have perfect grammar. Anyway, I'm teaching my friend Mandy how to say red wine and I'm terrible at pronouncing the word for wine, which is vin, vin, vin. (laughs) This is bad. I'm sorry. Um, But basically, I just say it quickly. And then I hope that they hear what I'm saying. So I'd be like, oh, it's just vin rouge. Oh, that was gross. Oh, I'm sorry. This is horrible. Vin, vin, ugh, it sounds like vin as in 20. Uh, vin rouge, no, ew, I do not say it like that. For any of you who don't know French, and if you do, just everyone is cringing. Rouge, okay? We all know the word for red. It's rouge, vin rouge, vin blanc, you know? Um, <laughs> une bière, you know? Uh, what else were my friends asking? Luke was like, he was like, I just need to get my merci and my s'il vous plaît down, you know? So I was teaching my friends basically only how to order a drink and say please and thank you. Uh, but yeah, we're sitting at this place having a couple drinks and then Mandy has to pee. And at one point she gets up, goes to the bathroom, which is like way in the back, like around a corner. She comes back and she's like, guys, the bathroom is like just a hole in the floor. And we're like, what? She's like, yeah, I walked in and there's a sink, but then there's just a hole in the floor. And I think you're just supposed to pee in that. And I was like, what? And the guys were like, no way. And, um, so then the guys went and they came back and they're like, yeah, it's just a hole in the floor. You just pee in it and then you can flush it. And she's like, what? They're like, yeah, there's like these like little, little foot holders on the side where you can put your feet and kind of like crouch down and then you can pee. Obviously that's not how a man would pee, but for women or, you know, whatever, however you want to pee. Do you ever catch yourself and you try to be a little bit more like, um, like trans friendly or like, you know, non-binary inclusive and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm being so hetero fucking cis normative right now. Um, that was a moment (laughs) where I'm like, oh, catch yourself. If you pee standing up, it wouldn't affect you. If you are a person who pees crouching or sitting, it would affect you. There you go. All you gotta use is like, people. It's an easy way to describe anyone. Um, So yeah, we were sitting here and just being absolutely mind blown over something that's probably rather normal in France. But to be fair, I hadn't seen it. Um, Yeah, there was no toilet. It was just like a little little hole and then it had the plumbing and then you'd put your feet there and you'd just pee into it. And they're like, what would you do if you had to shit? Like, would you try to shit in that hole? Like, you'd have to aim. And I'm like, I don't think you'd want to try to shit in that because it's not like a toilet bowl. There's no guarantee that it would all get flushed away. And imagine being the dude who fucking shit on the floor, basically, and tried to spray it away with the fucking (laughs) flush. Uh, But we were just laughing so hard at that. And it was just such a moment. It doesn't sound funny at all when I'm retelling it. But one of my good mems from Paris, sorry, had to be there, you guys. (laughs) what else is on my list that's basically it I mean I just had such a good time again like being with my friends um who I don't get to spend a lot of time with anymore obviously everybody's all over the place uh either at different colleges or just working or you know like your schedule it's never easy to meet up with your friends um, after high school. And that's like the saddest thing because again, like me and this friend group, we've all been friends basically since we were like 12, 13. And that is so rare to still be friends with the same group of people. And I'm really lucky to have my friends. But, uh, we were just reminiscing so much about fucking middle school or like high school, like all the bullshit and all the great shit that we used to do. And just kind of like, like, reflecting on where we all are now. We're like, okay, who's graduated? All the boys seem to study either fucking math or engineering. Like, you little geniuses, what's up? And then girls over here were like, I don't know. No, that's not true. Mandy got a degree in uh, environmental science with an emphasis on urban planning, urban, uh, urban development. 
And um, she was going for a job interview. So she was excited about that. But um, yeah, I'm like, look at me and my smart ass, wonderful friends who I love so much. Look at us in Paris, chilling at our Airbnb, freaking going to cafes. Nobody was smoking cigs, but it would have fit the image. I don't support it, but it would have fit the image. It would have felt pretty Parisian. Cassie was wearing a fucking beret. You know, (laughs) there are just certain things you have to do when you visit Paris, even though, yes, it's stereotypical and yes, it falls under, you know, a very um, probably inaccurate view of what Parisian life is like, but you got to do it when you're there, you know, when you and your Cali friends are in Paris, you just do it. Okay, I'm going to take a little break and then we'll get back and we'll chat a little bit more. Thank you for listening. Why am I suddenly so energized? I'm literally, for those of you listening and not watching, um... I've got the, like, rock hands up, two hands, and that's what I'm doing right now for no reason. Okay, see you in a sec. And we're back, and as always, by the time it's this part of the podcast, it's gotten so much darker and all the natural light is gone because it gets dark in England by 5 o'clock. What time is it? 4 o'clock, and it's getting pretty damn dark. Anyway, um, yeah, geez, it was just such a good time. Such a good couple of days with my pals. I had intended to meet up with a YouTube pal uh, who goes by the Purple Palace, aka Shayna. She listens to the pods. Shouts out if you're listening. Um, yeah, and I really wanted to be able to meet her. She's super fucking cool. She's an artist. She lives in Paris. And, um, yeah, I just didn't end up having the time and, like, the two full days that I was there um, we're just taken up by hanging out with my friends, but I don't regret that because obviously, um, I don't get to spend a lot of time with them. And honestly, I'm sure that somehow in the next year or so, I will be able to come back and visit Paris again. And I would love to meet up with her when I'm available. Um, that's the struggle. Like every time I'm traveling, I have this ideal version of like, oh, I should be able to meet up with somebody. Like I've got plenty of like YouTube friends or acquaintances that I'd like to meet or hang out with. Um, Or even, you know, I get a lot of requests for, like, do a meetup or, like, let's hang out at, like, a vegan cafe from, like, viewers and listeners and stuff. And um, I would fucking love to meet you guys. But, like, every time I'm traveling, I'm like, oh, I'm only in town for, like, two days. I either have, like, friends or family to meet up with already or I have things to do. And um, it's always just hard to, like find the time to organize that. Also, yes, I am a little sketched out trying to meet up with people because it's like, I don't think I will ever just be like, hey, here's this public meetup. I'll be at this place at this time because I'm just too sketched out. And honestly, I think we have to be careful about our safety. You know, obviously not just like online people like me, but like anyone. So I wouldn't want to be like, hey, anyone out there, you want to meet up with me? You want to watch from afar? (laughs) Touch wood. I don't want that to happen. I hope there aren't too many uh, creeps who listen or follow me. But yeah, you know, you just have to be careful. So I think in the future, I would like to figure out people to meet up with. Because again, my first time in Paris, I met up with all those girls and um, I hadn't met them before, but they hit me up on Instagram. And they're like, hey, do you want to hang out? Like, we can meet up. We can find you some vegan food. Um, And I've done that a lot of times. Like, I have made a lot of YouTube friends or I've befriended a lot of people who watched my videos. Um, But yeah, you just have to be more careful about it. And I don't think you can do it in like a mass way where you're just like, anyone, come meet up. Like, you have to have some kind of a a vetting process. That being said, though, we are coming back to New York soon, which is overwhelming, but (laughs) obviously a good thing. Um, I'm very excited, but also nervous because I'm already stressed. Um... But I know that I have a lot of viewers, followers, whatever, uh, who live in New York City or around New York City, and I would fucking love to meet some of you guys. I definitely need to, like, actually make friends, so (laughs) don't be surprised if I'm, you know, like, low-key, anybody in New York want to hang out, want to be my friend, like, we can meet up, find some vegan food. That's kind of all I ever want to do with people. I'm like, you want to get some coffee or some vegan food? Because that's all I'm interested in. Uh, but really, I, I'll give you a little lowdown with, I mean, I, I told you slightly what my <laughs> school problems are, but okay, as of right now, we have less than a week until we leave here, and then I'll be in London for a few days, and then we are flying back to New York, and, um, hopefully we'll be able to find an apartment as soon as possible, but I also may possibly be starting school, like, that week, Um, and it's just so overwhelming to think, like, 
I have to get to school without like having a place. We're staying with uh, a friend and then I'm going to be kind of living out of my suitcase until we find a place. And I just have to mentally prepare myself and calm down in advance, knowing that the next three weeks are going to be very busy, probably pretty stressful. Um, Obviously, I have the pressure of trying to be, um, be good here on YouTube and stay consistent. But it's like, okay, give me a hall pass for the next two or three weeks until around the start of February because I just have to get my shit together. Like, there's no way I can make podcast episodes and videos until I have an apartment to live in, you know, until I get my school shit together and hopefully don't get fucked over in some way. Uh, But I am so goddamn excited for the thought of finally moving into a place settling down, unpacking, putting our fucking suitcases in storage and far away. Um, because once I can get in a routine, I am just so excited. I'm so excited to be able to be, um, in my own situation, my own environment, you know, not working off anybody else's schedule. I'll have my own school schedule, my own video schedule, podcast schedule, all of that. And, um, it'll be more so up to me to maintain a schedule and be consistent Whereas, like, this whole time in England, I've slightly more so been on, like, Nathan's schedule, which is fine. But, like, we're in England. We're visiting his family, his friends. It makes sense to be on his schedule. There's nothing on my schedule. There's nothing that could be on my schedule other than making my videos and shit. Um, But it'll be nice because, you know, Nathan will go back to work and he'll have, like, his schedule. And we'll just feel more, like, in our own... (laughs) situations, which is good because then you get home and you get to be like, oh, hi, honey. Good to see you. How was work? And uh, you get to make dinner together and chill and watch Netflix and do the regular shit. And I'm just like, you know, you guys know I talk about it all the time. I'm just very excited to get back to, you know, a level of stability and normalcy and being able to have my shit together because I hate feeling disorganized. I hate feeling rushed. Um, but yeah, obviously the situations I've been in have been just a little messy and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of shit to, to, to iron out those wrinkles, so to speak. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, yes, as I said, don't be surprised if I take like two weeks off, but I would love to return with a new podcast episode at the end of February and I'm going to record a patron episode. So there will be a bonus episode if you are a patron. Make sure you take the RSS feed that is on the Patreon and add it to your podcast app so that the bonus episodes automatically get loaded onto your podcast app just like any other podcast. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. I love you guys. Whatever you're doing, I hope that you're not stressed. I hope that you take the time out to make a good meal for yourself. And um, I hope you enjoyed listening to my Parisian uh, experiences of this year. I'm a nostalgic little bitch. (laughs) I shouldn't stop saying stuff like that about myself. I'm not a little bitch. I'm a great woman. I'm, I'm nice and kind and smart. I'm a nostalgic woman. (laughs) I love that. You got to catch yourself when you're saying like self-defeating things. I think I'm just hungry. Also, I need, we have dumplings. (sighs) vegetable dumplings. Are you kidding me? And Nathan's not home right now, so I get to eat all of them. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. (laughs) Okay, kids. Drive safe. Everybody, do your homework. Go to bed at a reasonable hour tonight. And stay tuned for another episode of Previously Gifted. Okay, thanks. Bye.